Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Well, good morning, Project Church. Or I should say afternoon now. So good to see you guys. My name is Caleb. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just excited to be sharing from God's word with you. Before we jump into this, I just want to remind you about our 21 days of fasting and prayer. If you have not signed up, we actually are sending out a text every day with the topic and a scripture, or we'll send it to your email. You can actually sign up right now. Just text in 21 days of prayer, the number 21, and then days of prayer, all one word, to 97,000, 97,000. 21 days of prayer to 97,000, and you'll get a text every morning. It's been awesome. I've been getting it every morning. There it is on the screen behind me. Um, I've been getting that text every morning, which is awesome, and then I literally look at it and go, this is what I'm praying for. I pray for it to start my day, and then uh, continue, and it's a great way to start, and we're all in unity as a church. So sign up right there. You see it. Use your phones, text. We encourage people to use their phones in our church, all right? It's all good. Um, And so we're excited for what God's going to do in these 21 days, and then Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we're going to pray and worship together corporately at our new building, 1200. 1200 Second Street in Old Sac. We'd love for you to join us. We'll have parking available. Drive around the back of the building and you'll see we have parking garages right there. You can park in for free. And we have validations this morning. Come on. I know last week we didn't have them, but we got them this week. Who's excited for free parking? Thank you, Jesus. I know that $5 is tough at times, so uh, I'm thankful too. Well, hey, we're in this series called This Is My Year. How many believe in This Is Your Year? Uh, man, 2020, incredible. So here's what we're doing in this series. I believe that change is actually simpler and easier than we think. And all of us need change. We maybe don't want change, but we need it. And we know we need it to further our lives. And all it takes, and what the series is all about, is implementing some new habits. New habits will give you new results. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We're talking about habits every week. Last week, we talked about the why of my habits. Why do I make the decisions I make? Why do I do what I do? The, to- the, the topic was really about the battle of our flesh and our spirit that are at war within us. Go back and listen. We have a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or you can listen on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel or on our website, projectchurch.com. You can watch our, our sermons on there. This week, we're talking about starting good habits. Who's ready to start some good habits? And then next week, we're talking about stopping bad habits. Um, So come back, Chrissy Cole, bring the word. My wife, she'll bring it. Um, Be here. And then week four, sustaining right habits. I believe this series is going to launch our life on an incredible trajectory in 2020. So I'm stoked about this series. I hope you guys are. And today, I want to talk to you about starting good habits. Now, I was thinking about how I start every morning. And I don't know about you, but I start every morning exactly the same. My, my, mornings, my, my mornings are really structured. In fact, my alarm goes off, and I used to, the first thing I do, my alarm would go off, I grab my phone, and I go to Instagram. Somebody feel me. Um, the temptation is real. But I'm in 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I gave up social media. So I deleted my Instagram app, deleted my Facebook app, deleted my Twitter app. Um, I'm in detox right now. It's awesome. And uh, so all week... My alarm went off, and I did the first thing that I know I should do, and I want to do, but I didn't used to do, I went to my Bible app. And so I went to my Bible app, and I read 
because I'm reading the Bible through in a year for the third year in a row, and I read my day, and uh, it takes about 12 minutes. You know that's all it takes, 12 minutes a day you could read the Bible an entire year. Incredible. Um, it's so much easier when you break it down like that. And, uh, and I read my Bible, so that's how I start my morning. Alarm, Instagram, Bible, um, and then I go and I brush my teeth. You know, you, you got you to start your morning right. I brush my teeth. I jump in the shower. Um, I shave a little bit right now, not much. I line up the beard, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, and then I get out, throw on my clothes. I put my clothes on the exact same way every day. I don't know if you do the same thing, but I mean, I am, I'm ritualistic about it. Exact same way, put my clothes on, go to the kitchen, and the first thing I do is I fill up a big glass of water and I down it. Because I read somewhere that it's good for your digestion and for your life and for your brain if you drink a big glass of water to start every morning. So I do that, pack up my bag, take the kids to school, go to the office. I mean, this is what I do every single day. I also kiss my wife in there somewhere. Um, after I brush my teeth. She's always trying to kiss me before I brush my teeth. I ain't about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, you feel me? And so, but after I brush my teeth, give her a kiss. So, every morning, it's so consistent. It's so normal. Much of what you do isn't a, a result of conscious choices. It's the result of daily habits. In fact, I was reading this week because I was really researching this. There's a Duke study University of Duke that says, says that 40%, 40% of your daily actions are not the result of decision making. They are the result of daily habits. Think about that for a moment. 40% of what you do every day is the result of a daily habit. Almost half of the actions you take are the result of a habit that you've implemented. Now, Habits, you would agree, greatly influence the things we do, right? You would agree with this based on this study? But at some point, how many know you had to start that habit? When I was two years old, my mom and dad told me you need to brush your teeth every morning and brush your teeth every night before you go to bed. And so for the last 36 years, I've done that for the most part. And, uh, and why? Because that habit was implemented. Now, I don't even think about it. I don't think about brushing my teeth. I just do it because it's a habit that I started at two years old. So many of the things we, we do are the result of the habits that we've implemented, but at some point you started those habits in your life. Successful people, you've probably heard this, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And I want to be successful. I want to be a successful person. And that means I got to do consistently, frequently, what many people would only do occasionally, uh, less frequently. Now, speaking of success, if you take nothing away from, from today, I want you to take this away. Nothing else, take this. Success isn't about hitting a goal in the future. It's about honoring God today. You see, the habits, the choices, the decisions we make, and the habits that we implement, it's not just so that we can go, look how successful I am. It's not just so we can go, look, I accomplished a goal. It's not just so we can say, oh yeah, I checked off another one of my New Year's resolutions. It's because as followers of Christ, we want to honor God every day. We want to honor God today and tomorrow and the next day. It's, that's what it's about. And sometimes we make it so much about goals 
and so much about accomplishments that we miss who it's really for and who it's really about and who we're really living this life for. So today, I'm going to give you guys some tools to move toward becoming who you want to be and who I believe God wants you to be. And so if you were ever to take notes, today's a good day to do it. All right, you can do it on your phones. If you got the program, do it on there. But I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. And uh, this is one of, I would say, the top 10 most famous Bible stories of all time. So most of you have heard of Daniel in the lion's den, right? Um, and it's a, a really sweet story um, that we tell on a flannel graph in Sunday school where, like, Daniel's just, like, hanging out with this lion. And he's like, oh, he's sleeping on it. But it was like, no, this lion, like, should have eaten him and devoured him. Um, these lions were hungry, and he's thrown into this den. And we really actually take this story, and we say, God saved him, rescued him, and that's kind of how we focus on the story. But I want to look at it a little different today. In fact, I want to set us up, because if, you were, if you've been a part of our church for the last couple months, you know we were in a study in the book of Jeremiah. Um, we were jumping around in Jeremiah, and you know that in 700 B.C., the people of Israel, the Jews, were in Jerusalem. They were in the nation of Israel, but they weren't following God. They were engaging in idolatry, idol worship, child sacrifice. They were sexually immoral. They were greedy. Um, they'd stopped honoring God and following the law. And so God's like, I got to get their attention. So he sends a nation called Babylon, led by a king named Nebuchadnezzar, to attack them. They attack Israel. They tear down the walls. They burn the temple. And they take all the people, almost all the people, and they bring them as exiles, captives, to the nation of Babylon. Now, as they do this, they then begin to elevate some of their young, um, you know, good-looking, successful leaders. They begin to elevate them to leadership within the Babylonian Empire. They're in Babylon. They're living there. And they start to elevate some people. So you've heard of them, Daniel. Some of you have probably heard of his homies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? They got saved from the fiery furnace, so they were all together. And they start to elevate them, but why would they do this? Why would they elevate Israelites, like young men of Israel, Jews? They did this because they knew that we can indoctrinate, right, and change their mentality to where they don't even see themselves as Jews or Israelites anymore, but they actually begin to see themselves only as Babylonians. And we can do this by starting with some of the young key leaders, and they thought that, man, over a generation, we'll begin to indoctrinate, change them, change their mentality. They'll stop worshiping their God. They'll stop following their law. And they'll actually adopt all of our practices, our culture, even our God worship. And so that's what they're doing. And Daniel is one of these that they begin to elevate. And so I want to read, looking here, Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. But I want to look at this story of everything leading up to him being thrown in the lion's den. Because I think what we see is that Daniel had habits, God-honoring habits that he implemented that really set him up for the success and the influence that he had. And I believe God wants you to have habits in your life that set you up to be more successful and more influential in this world, not for you, but for God. You know, God wants you to be successful he wants you to be influential, not so that you can say, look at me, not so you can have a lot of money in your bank account, not so that you can say, look how, how amazing I am. No, so you can point everyone who you influence back to him. So let's read Daniel 6.3. 
Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. I want you to imagine this. Here's a young, I mean, he's young, a young man, young leader. Not only that, but he's not even from this nation. He's a Jew. He's an Israelite. But his spirit was so excellent, and the way in which he led and conducted himself was so incredible that the king's like, you know what? I'm just going to put him over the whole kingdom. I'm going to turn the keys over to him. But how many of you know that anytime things go well for us, there will be people, come on, if you've had some people in your life, that seek to discredit, to disprove, to, to talk down about. Why? Because success breeds jealousy. And I would say this, I've seen in my life that when, I, when good things are happening, I'm doing well, all of a sudden I hear these little whispers, I hear these little stories of somebody else saying this about me or that about me. Also, I've seen people being successful, and you know what I want to do at times? I want to talk about, yeah, well, here's really why they're successful. Here's what really happened. I mean, not you guys, because you're really spiritual. You would never do this. But me, I struggle at times. And so I see people, why? Because success breeds jealousy. So what happens? Verse number four. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault. Because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So what do they realize? They realize we have nothing on this guy. So you know what they do? They convince the king. They say, listen, king, here, here's what we should do. We should have uh, 30 days of prayer, but no one can pray to anyone but you. And if anyone is caught praying to another god, they should be thrown in the lion's den. And the king, uh, being a little gullible, not knowing that Daniel prayed regularly, he actually says, that's a great idea, and he signs it. He says, I like this. Let's sign it. But now we see, I believe, the story behind Daniel's success the habit that set him apart, I believe the habit that gave him the spirit of excellence that he carried, which led to him in a den full of lions. Jumping to verse 10 11. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Look at this part. As he had done previously. Do you see that? Do you see that? You guys are quiet today. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. He turned him over to the king. He's thrown in the lion's den and the king is upset because he loves Daniel. He wants to elevate Daniel. He says to Daniel, may your God protect you. And the next morning the king is the first person at the den. He opens the den. He says, Daniel, are you alive? Has your God protected you? Daniel says, I'm good. I'm chilling with the lions. He takes them out, and then the king actually says, let it be known that the God of Israel is the one true God. You see, this is the power of a habit. The power of a habit. I want to tell you something today. God can do big things through one small habit. 
What did Daniel do? As he had done previously, he kept doing it. He had implemented a habit of praying morning, afternoon, evening. He would face Jerusalem, he'd open his doors, he'd get down on his knees, and he would pray. And I love this because he still does it even in the face of potential death. He still does it in the face of fear. He still does it in the face of the lion's den. And what does that tell me? That tells me that we, when we have God-honoring habits in our life, then no matter what we face, we can continue to do them and honor God with them. No matter if we are in the middle of a struggle, a, a storm, a circumstance, an attack, if we're in the middle of fear, if we're in the middle of potential death, no, we'll still do it. That's what godly habits do in our life. Once they get ingrained, they cannot be removed. And God can do big things with one small habit. I believe, man, any successful part of my life is the result of God-honoring habits that I've implemented. In sixth grade, I decided that I was going to start reading my Bible every day. And I would start it in the book of Proverbs because I was a little kid. I didn't know what else to do. And I said, oh, there's 31 days in, in most months. Months and there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read one proverb a day. And from 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, all through high school, I read one proverb a day. And I believe that set my life on the trajectory to where I am today. I, I, I always say, man, I have a high, uh, uh, an HCL, a high conviction level. I try to do sinful things and God just slaps me real quick. I try to step out of line, and God's like, nope, and just whack the Holy Spirit. And I believe it started because when I was a child, when I was young, I was reading the Word of God, and those things, the wisdom was being, like, ingrained into my heart and my spirit. So anytime I try to step out of line, God just goes, nope, you've, you've, you've forgotten who you've been called to be. You see, these habits change us. And so I want to challenge you because some of you are like, man, I, I got a lot of things I need to do in 2020. I got a lot of spiritual things I'm going to do. So here's what I'm going to do. You know what, Caleb? You're right. I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to play, pray three times a day for an hour every time. Three hours a day. And you haven't prayed in like months. Let me tell you, it ain't going to happen. Okay? I want to challenge you that you would just start small. Start with one small habit in 2020. There's a pastor that I, I respect and I listen to a lot. His name's Craig Rochelle. And he says, he's now in his late 50s, and he says that every year he implements one new habit. And they're, sometimes they're small. In fact, one of his that he implemented a couple years ago was he was going to floss every day. That was his habit for that year. And some of you are like, he's a pastor, and that was like, wow, lofty goals, way to go. <laughs> but he said that was just one habit. But over the years, he just picks a new habit. Every year, one year he said, I want to be more disciplined, so he decided I'm going to make my bed every morning. And he implemented that in that year. And he said, now after decades of implementing small habits every year, I am walking in the fulfillment of who I believe I'm called to be. Some of you want to be here, but you got to start here. One small thing, one small habit, and God can do big things with those. And then we begin to build on them. They're building blocks. So here's what I wanted to do today I want to talk to you about how to start a new habit all right real practical how to start a new habit I got 15 more minutes let's go number one make a system everybody say system you see I believe we don't have a goal problem we have a system problem I think that most of you set a lot of goals 
you set a lot of New Year's resolutions. It's not the goals that are the issue. Goals aren't useless. In fact, goals help with setting direction. But systems are how we actually make and sustain progress. You could have a goal, but without a system, how are you going to accomplish it? You could have a goal without a system, how are you going to fulfill it? James Clear in the book Atomic said this, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Some of you are setting these high lofty goals, but unless your system is in place, you're going to fall to wherever your system is set up. That's how you're going to fulfill what it is that you're setting out for your life. A few years back, I was dealing with, uh, man, just physically, emotionally, spiritually, I was struggling. It was the beginning of our church. In fact, the first week of our church, I had the first and only panic attack in my life. And uh, starting a church can be a bit stressful. Um, it was a lot at the, in the time. And um, I had this moment, I, I literally had a panic attack in a meeting and had to leave and be like, I can't talk about, I can't talk right now. I literally couldn't talk. I couldn't barely breathe. And uh, I had an eye twitch. Have you ever had an eye twitch? It's not fun. Um, I was tired in the morning. I was tired at night. Um, I had low energy. And uh, just overall, I didn't feel right. I found myself irritable. I was short with our team. I was short with my wife. Um, and, and so I was just, I felt like I was struggling personally. And I had a friend that said to me, that came to me, was like, look, because I talked to him about it. And he's like, look, what are you doing for you? I had a brand new baby, another one on the way. Um, had a brand new church, my other baby. And, uh, and, and so he's like, what are you doing for you? I was like, what do you mean for me? I don't have time for me. Like, all I have time for is all of this. He said, what are you doing for you? What do you love to do? I said, man, I love competition. I love basketball. He said, Caleb, you need to play basketball every week. I was like, are you serious? Like, in this season, I'm trying to build a church, right? We're trying to grow. We're trying to do things. I'm a shaker. I'm a mover. Like, I don't have time for basketball. He's like, you need to play every week. So I said, you know what? I'm going to join a league. So I started a team. We started the Project Players. There's no R. It's the Players, okay? Just want, with the Z. Just want to keep it clear. And uh, we started a team. I entered us into a league. Every year since, on Thursday nights, I play in a basketball league. It's a city league. And I've been doing it for years. And you know what I've done? I actually have blocked out my Thursday nights. Our team will... Hey, can we have a meeting this night? Hey, I'll have people in our church reach out. Hey, can we go to dinner this night? Can we hang out this night? Can we do coffee this night? And I'm just always like, oh, I'm sorry, my Thursday is booked. And, and I don't tell them why, you know, even though I'm outing myself right now. But, and some of you would be like, well, that's kind of selfish, Caleb. I'm like, no, that's my system. And what I found was I went and I began to play and I came back. And my wife will tell you, I come back from playing and I'm pumped. I'm energized. I'm excited. That outlet, that twitch is gone. Come on, somebody. Uh, I, I feel more energetic. And then all week, I'm looking forward to my Thursday night knowing that I'm going to get to do that, that I'm going to have that opportunity. I implemented a system. It was practical. I blocked out my calendar. I said, this is something for me, and it changed me. And some of you are like, that's really small. That's really simple. Yeah, sometimes that's all it takes, and God can do big things with it. He can actually help you become who you want to be with small things. Second is we got to 
make it clear. So we make a system, we make it clear. I'm thinking about Daniel, and I'm guessing he felt like he needed to stay dedicated to God in a culture that was not his. You see, they're trying to indoctrinate him. They're trying to get him to worship idols. They're trying to get him to follow the, practice, the practices of pagans. They're trying to get him to eat foods that he knew according to his law he wasn't supposed to eat. Thus the Daniel fast, which we've heard about. And what he does is he's like, i got to implement a system. So what did he do? I'm guessing, as it says, as he'd done previously, he decided with God, he said, I'm going to pray in the morning. I'm going to do it in my room. He picked the place, right? He picked the room. He picked the times. He said, I'm going to open the doors. I'm going to face Jerusalem. I'm going to get on my knees in morning, afternoon, evening. I'm going to pray to my God. And this clear system enabled him to draw closer to the Savior, to draw closer to his God. And I believe that's what in, infused him with this excellent spirit in which he carried. You see, ambitious goals with loose systems will create unsustainable habits. And a lot of us have ambitious goals, and I'm all for those. But if our systems aren't locked in, if they're not clear, if they're not simple, if they're not basic, then we will have unsustainable habits that we know we need to carry out. Clarity breeds success. Would you agree? So I was uh, at a prayer meeting this last week for my buddy. Um, he pastors a church in Fairfield. He asked me to come meet with his team. They were looking at a building that they might uh, lease and move into with their church. He's like, hey, I want to get your advice. So I went up, saw the building, hung out with his team, and then that night they had a prayer and worship night. So he asked me to speak at the night. So I, I got up there, I spoke, shared a short word with them, and then he's like, I really want you to pray over our people. So at the end of the night, I went off to the side and I said, hey, if any of you need prayer, I'll be up here to pray for you. And so they came up one by one. Actually, a lot of them came up for prayer. I'm praying for people. Well, finally, a guy comes forward. He's like, Caleb, would you pray for me? I really want to be healthy in 2020. That's my, that's my goal. That's my resolution. Um, that's what I want to accomplish. I want to be healthy in 2020. I said, all right, man. So I prayed over him, uh, finished praying, but I had just finished preparing this message. So I got done praying for him. I said, so, bro, how are you going to do this? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, how are you going to be healthy? He's like, well, I'm just going to, like, eat better. I'm like, all right, that's not a system. I said, that's not a plan. Like, how are you practically going to do it? I don't know. I mean, I'll just make sure that when I go out, like, I might order the right things or the wrong thing. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I'm going to do it. I was like, bro, let me tell you, you're going to fail. He's like, and he was offended for a moment, right? He's like, what do you mean I'm going to fail? I said, bro, you need a system and you need it to be clear or you're not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. When I was in college, I played basketball at NAI school and college, small school in, in the Midwest. And the start of my freshman year, I decided that I wasn't going to drink soda. I was like, I'm going to give up soda. I know it's just got a bunch of sugar in it. It dehydrates you. It's not good for you. Um, this is for you guys today. Um, and, and I decided, like, I'm going to give up soda. And so I did. For four years, I didn't drink soda. I finished college, uh, you know, basketball. And right when I finished, I was like, all right, man. I'm going for a Dr. Pepper, because Dr. Pepper was my jam through high school. Um, and so I was like, Dr. Pepper, here we come. So I went out, snagged me a Dr. Pepper, took a big old swig, and I gagged. Because the carbonation and the sweetness, like my body did not want it. It was like, no. It yelled at me, no. 
And since then, I graduated in 2003 from college, so 16, now 17 years ago, I have not drank soda. Now, a simple, clear habit that I implemented into my life has now sustained me, you know, going on 20 years, and I believe I'm healthier today because of one small habit. Now, I'm not telling you can't drink soda. I'm all, if you want it, go for it. No judgment here. But I'm telling you that a clear, simple system can actually yield big changes and results in your life. Third, we got to make it simple. So my wife and I had an agreement when we got married that she would do the grocery shopping because I hate grocery stores. Anybody feel me? Um, I can't find anything. I don't know where anything is. I hate grocery stores. But a few years in, that ended, and uh, she began to send me on grocery runs. And so still to this day, in fact, this week, I went on a grocery run. But what's funny about me going on a grocery run, I don't always purchase what's best. I purchase what's easy and obvious. And I don't know if you, you feel me, but when I go to the grocery store, I can't find anything. Like, I don't know where to look. Things aren't where they're supposed to be. And so, like, there's a sign with the sale and, like, arrows. I'm like, oh, we need that. And I just grab it. And I come home with, like, all this stuff, and my wife's like, what is this? This wasn't on the list. I'm like, girl, it was easy. It was obvious. Like, like it, it was there. I just, I mean, I grabbed it. It was there. It's telling me to get it. Because as human beings, we naturally, like, are gravitated and gravitate towards what's easy and what's simple. So for you, if you want to change yourself, you want to implement new habits, you need to make them simple. We, how many know we complicate things in this world? We need to make it so much more simpler. Verse number four, it says an excellent spirit was in him. You know there's simple things that you can do this year. But I believe there's one simple challenge that I'd like to make and give to you in 2020. That you would carry an excellent spirit every room that you walk into. This is my challenge to you. Here's what I found. Because I'm a human being, and I'm insecure, and you all know that insecurity is really rooted in pride. So because I carry a, a pride as a human being, my flesh, and thus I'm insecure, I walk into rooms, and I walk in with the wrong spirit. And I walk in, walk in with the wrong mentality. And, and let me just clarify this for what I mean. I'll walk in a room, and some of you did this this morning, and I think, oh, these people think they're better than me. I'll walk into a room, and, and I think, oh, they're judging me. I'll walk into a room and think, oh, they're, they're looking down on me. I'll walk into a room, and I think, oh, these, these, these people think they got it all together. And I walk into the room, and let me tell you, if I walk in with that spirit, I'll leave with that experience. But when I walk into a room and I say, I'm not here for myself, I'm here for others. When I walk into a room and I don't walk in cynical, but I walk in open, I walk in accepting, I walk in loving, I walk in joyful, let me tell you, people feel that spirit. And then when I walk in with that spirit, I leave with that experience. And so I just want to challenge you in 2020 because y'all are like me, I I'm pretty sure. You all struggle like me, I'm pretty sure. You all are insecure and fearful and prideful at times like me. And you walk into rooms with the wrong mentality, with the wrong spirit, and then that is your experience leaving. God wants us as people of Christ to walk in the room, I believe, the way Daniel walked in. 
He walked into a room with a different mentality, with a different purpose, with a different focus, with a different perspective, and he changed the atmosphere of every room he walked into. You are here to change atmospheres. You are here to change rooms. So let's not be those cynical, prideful, insecure, fearful, negative people that walk into rooms with the wrong mentality and get that same experience over and over. May we walk in there for others. May we walk in there going, you know what? Everyone else in this room is insecure too. Everyone else in this room is fearful too. Everyone else in this room is struggling too. Many other people in this room went through the toughest situation in their life maybe this week and I'm here for them. We carry an excellent spirit. We're going to get excellence out of every room that we walk into. Fourth and finally, bam, come back. Isn't it great when my wife's on the keys? I mean, wow, Chrissy on the keys. What, isn't this just like, this is how it's supposed to be. Chrissy backing her man up. Come on. Babe, if I could play keys next week when you preach, I'd be playing, but I can't. So I back her up in prayer. Sorry, I got distracted. Fourth and finally today, how do we start a new habit? We make it about who? Who? Some of us are all about making it about you. These habits are about you, about you being successful, about you having influence, about you getting man's accolades, about you getting man's praise, about you and everyone seeing you. But we don't make it about us. We make it about him, and we make it about who we want to become. It's all about who you want to become, and you want to become someone which I started with, that lives and decides and makes choices and implements habits in a way that says, who I want to become is a person that honors God today. A person that honors God every day. You know what I love about this story? I'm going back. But the high officials, the satraps, they're looking for a complaint against Daniel and they're looking and they're searching for a complaint and they actually start digging into his life and they're digging in and they're digging in they're like man we got to find something to, to catch this dude with because that the king's about to elevate him and it says that but because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him these men said we can find nothing unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Did you see that? You see, I got to be honest. I think if we dug into most of your lives, we dug into most of our lives in this room, people will probably be like, oh, we got something. Oh, I got a little dirt. Oh, I got a little something here. Let me write this down. Let me give this to the king. He does this. She does this. They act this way. But Daniel wasn't that way. It says they dug into his life. And because he was faithful, they could find nothing against him. The only thing they could find was in relation to how he followed his God. May the same be said of us, church. 
You see, when we make it about who, we say, man, I want to live a life that when people look at me, they go, I can't say nothing, but he's a Jesus freak. When people look at my life, they go, I got, I got nothing to say, but they go to church too much. I got nothing to say, but that Caleb, man, he talks about Project Church all the time on his social media. If that is all people have to say about me, I'm good. If all people can say about you is, oh, they give too much. Oh, they love too much. Oh, they go to church too much. Oh, they serve too much. Let me tell you, that is a life worth living. You see, when we make it about who, then we live faithful. And when we live faithful, then when people try to get us, try to catch us, try to, try, try to hate on us, try to talk about us, all they can say is, man, they care too much about their God. They care too much about their call. They care too much about their purpose. So I just want to ask you, do you want to be a person that honors God? I believe if we do, we're going to start some new habits today. You see, a life lived to honor God is a life lived close to God. And you'll never be who you want to be until you're close to who you were created to be close to. And all of us are saying, I want to be this way. I want to be this person. I want to be this successful. But unless we're close to Jesus, I want to tell you, you could be the most successful, most disciplined, have the most habits in your life. You could do all these things, but if it's not to honor God, it'll always leave you feeling empty. It'll always leave you wanting. It'll always leave you feeling like something's missing. But when you say, everything I do is to honor God. Every habit I implement is to honor my Savior. Every habit I do is to honor my, my God that I've, I've been called to. When you live that way, then you're fulfilled. Then you're purpose-filled. Then you're joyful. Then you know, I'm on this world for a reason. For a mission. So I just want to end with this. I want to challenge you. First, you have homework. Implement one small habit starting today or tomorrow. Implement one small habit. It doesn't have to be huge. Maybe you're like, yep, I'm going to start flossing. Great. It doesn't have to be some massive thing. Maybe it's, you know what, I'm just going to read the verse of the day every morning because that's all I have time for, 10 seconds. Meditate on it for a little bit and then move on. But God can do big things with our small habits. So number one, that's my challenge to everyone in this room that you would implement some small habit. Make a system, make it clear, make it simple, but make it about who. And secondly today, if you're in this room and you say, Caleb, I actually don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you did it one time, but you've ran from God. You tried it your way. You tried to do it in your strength. You tried to live this life for man's accolades so that you could be successful. Let me tell you, if it's not about him, it's not a life worth living. And today you say, man, before I can implement these habits, i got to surrender my heart. Today's your day. You didn't come in here by accident. I, I believe even today, I, I don't ever say what I said at the start of this message, which is, hey, I need you all to expect something. But I believe God wanted somebody in this room to receive salvation, to receive the Savior, to say, I've been running, but I've, I'm coming back. I, I've, I've been trying to do it my way, but I'm surrendering. Today is the day to make it about who and him, our Savior Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me across this room?
If you're here, you say, Caleb, that's me. That's me. I don't know Jesus. I've never surrendered my heart to Jesus. Or maybe you say, I did it one time, but I ran from God. I tried it my way. I went after success, man's success, earthly success, and it's left me empty. It's left me unfulfilled. And today I want to surrender to the Savior once again or for the first time. I want you to lift your hand. Go, if that's you, put it up. Yes, hands are going up. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, church, give God some praise in this place. Clap your hands. This is the best decision these people could ever make. Second, you say, Caleb, as you were talking, God told me a new habit I need to implement into my life. Put your hand up right now if you're like, that's me. I got a new habit I'm going to implement starting today or tomorrow. Go ahead. Put it up. Yes. Hands all over the room. Would you stand to your feet, church, across this place? Get on up. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I need you to come into me, to save me, to change me from the inside to my outside. I surrender my sin, my past, my desires, even my success to you. I want to honor you every day with every step every action and every habit i love you jesus and i receive you today in your name amen come on church let's sing this song as a song of praise to our god he is good we hope this word encouraged you today if you haven't heard we recently purchased a building in old sacramento this is going to be the permanent home of project church we are here to stay in sacramento but i wanted to ask you if you would consider giving uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.